Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening, wherever around the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina with my co-host Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida. Stanley Hubbard from the state of Indiana, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida, Yusuf Al Ford from the state of Indiana, and Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. You'll find this show on page one of that website this evening. There are over 1,700 live shows on that website, and you will consistently find this radio show on pages one through four of that website. Isn't that a blessing? Oh, yes, it is. If you have any questions or comments for my co-host, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating the congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stay along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day. 
and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, pray that you will be with my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington and Yusuf Al Ford as they break into our listeners the bread of life. And also my co-host, Clay Phillips, who will be answering the questions that are on the hearts of so many. We just pray that you will bless them and their families that support their efforts, that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners who are tuning in via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do? To be saved. Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who died such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. For without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us, keep us, and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, while we pray that you will save us, for us in Christ's name, we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Kicking off the show this evening, we have a my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. He will be answering our... No, he, I'm sorry, Dr. Frank Washington will be making his proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. Dr. Frank Washington is from the West Broward Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. And in the second statement, we have my shouted out question that will be answered by Clay Phillips. He serves as the evangelist for the Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia. And he'll be making his proclamation. I'm sorry, he'll be answering our question in the shouted out segment. And then to close out the show, my co-host, Yusuf Al Ford. He serves as the evangelist for the Livingstone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana. And he'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles now and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice will be that of my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Show. 
listening to the gospel light radio show give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of jesus christ now my co-host dr frank washington thank you brother stevie i appreciate this opportunity uh, to uh, talk about my faith in jesus christ and how that the gospel uh, is not just for salvation but for life and I thank you for allowing me to express those things and teach those things that are important for our lives here and, and our lives uh, moving toward heaven. Tonight I want to talk about the need for relationship connections. The need for relationship connections. Well, there are five relationship connections. There are many of them, but I'm going to do only five tonight uh, that I believe that are crucial for our spiritual health, our spiritual joy, growth, and peace. Now, the five relationship connections are God's relationship to you, your relationship with God, your relationship with others, others' relationship with you, and number five, your relationship with yourself. Now, before I go into each one of these, I want to give you some general observations about these connections. First of all, no matter where you open God's word, whether it's Genesis through Revelation, you are going to encounter at least one of these on that page. You're going to, you're going to encounter them. These are important to God. And you find them everywhere throughout the Bible. You hear about them over and over and over again throughout Scripture. And so no matter where you go, no matter what passage you look at in God's Word, you are going to encounter God's relationship with you, your relationship with God, your relationship with others, others' relationship with you, and your relationship with you. 
second. Sin, however, has contaminated these relationships. And this is why we need Jesus and his word, because sin has greatly, with a huge impact, has, has really done a job on our relationship with God, with others and ourselves. And so God's word addresses this issue on every page. Three, each one affects the other. Each one of these relationships, connections, affect the other. So how would you relate to God will impact how you relate to others and how you see yourself. Remember, people used to say, and they still do, how can you love another person if you don't love yourself? Well, we're going to try to answer that tonight. But it also says how we see yourself will also influence how we treat. This moment, this very moment, God is working on at least one of these connections in your life and my life. So as we go through these connections tonight, I want you to, uh, you'll probably notice that one stands out to you more than the others. And that's the one God's probably focusing on in your life right now. So are you ready for this? Amen. All right, let's get started. Number one of the connection is God's relationship with you. God's relationship with you. God created us. He created you because he wanted to have a relationship with you. You are wanted, my friend, by God. And God wants to show his love to you. He wants you to experience his love in your life. God's always showing his love to you. Sometimes you just don't recognize it. But I want to look at four categories of how God loves us and how God's relationship with us uh, is vitally important. First of all, God loves us and he loves you enough to show you he loves you. Romans 5.8 says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And it's powerful. But God's love is visible. God's love is not invisible. God's love has never been hidden, nor kept a secret. The width, the height of his love when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, for your sins and mine. God didn't just say he loved us. He demonstrated it through Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. Second, God loves us or loves you enough to make sacrifices for you. God, again, God's love is not invisible. God's love is visible, but it's also sacrificial. Now, true love is always willing to pay the price for the benefit of another. Now, the most famous statement in the Bible reveals this truth in John three sixteen. We all know that. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. So if you want to measure God's love for you, he was willing to pay for you. Isn't that amazing? That's an amazing love, right? Third, God loves you enough to accept you as you are. 
you don't have to clean yourself up if you're out there, if you're, if you're a sinner. You don't have to clean yourself up. There is no cleanup program to come to Jesus. Let me say that again. You don't, if whatever you're involved in, you don't have to, you know, clean up if you're an alcoholic. You don't have to clean up if you're addicted to drugs. You don't have to clean up uh, if you're into pornography and all that other stuff before you can come to the Lord. You don't have to. There is no cleanup program to come to Jesus. God's love is unconditional. You all know the song, Just As I Am. Preachers used to sing that before or at the, as, the, as their invitation song. And it's true. God wants you just as you are. We can work you out later. But you don't have to meet certain standards for God's love, people. You don't. Listen carefully again to Romans 5.8. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So God loves you while you were still sinners, and you probably still are. But this means that while you don't believe in him, while you don't love him, while you are and were rebelling against him, while you were ignoring him, while you were doing anything you wanted to do without acknowledging you know, him as God, he loved you. He loved you in your worst condition. He loved me in my worst condition, and he still does. He loves you just as you are, and even just as you were. God loves you enough not to leave you as you are. God's love is big enough to accept you as you are, and my friend, it's even big enough to take you where you need to be. He, need, he can take you to your purpose in life. Listen to Hebrews twelve six. The Lord disciplines those that he loves. Now, the word discipline means correction, training. It means improvement or adjustment or an adjustment. God's love wants you to reach your potential in life, and in the way God helps us do that is through discipline and correction. So when your child disobeys you and you ground them, you spank them or withhold certain privilege from them, do you hate them or do you love them when you do that? Well, I hope that you love them and not hate them or show that hate uh, in them because that's going to cause problems later on, but that's another lesson altogether. But you correct them because you love them. The same manner of the same behavior is true for God. When you are being disciplined by God, he's doing that. And hear me good now. He's doing that because he loves you. So, beloved, God wants to have an open arms relationship with you. He demonstrates this desire by what he does and what he says. He says he loves you and he shows you that he loves you. God is reaching out to you right now. He wants to connect with you on a deep level. And so I want you to make sure that you understand God wants to connect to you. And so this brings me to uh, connection number two. Not only do we need to consider God's relationship with us or with you, but you need to understand and consider your relationship, your relationship with God. All right? Now, Jesus summarizes our relationship with God and our love for God uh, in Matthew 22. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Now, in that big picture, 
This simply means that with everything you have, with all of your being, with everything you are, we need to give it. We must love the Lord with our heart, our soul, and our mind. However, I think it would be helpful to dissect this phrase into three parts and examine which one uh, or examine each one closely. First, we ought to love God with all our heart. Now, this refers to the core of who you and I are, but with an emphasis on the will, the mind. The will deals with our behavior. It deals with your behavior. It deals with your actions and your choices. It deals with what to do. Uh, we are to love God with our heart, our actions, and to demonstrate that love with our behavior. Remember this, beloved. God should be your treasure because Jesus says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So where is your heart tonight? We are to love God with all our soul, not only with all our heart, with all our soul. The term soul is closest to what we would call our emotions. And sometimes our emotions just get totally out of hand. Our, our emotions get hijacked. They get jacked. And, 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 and it's the word Jesus used when he cried out in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night he was arrested. Jesus said, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death, in Matthew 26, 38. So when we're talking about the soul, beloved, we must include our emotions. We must include our feelings, our convictions, our attitudes, because Jesus is saying, let your emotions. It's good to have emotions. It's good to have feelings. But Jesus is saying, let your emotions, your feelings, your attitudes, your convictions express your love for him. It's only to get emotional. It's okay to get emotional. I mean, I get emotional all the time. I, I got to work on myself too. But it's okay to get emotional about Jesus and the things of God. But we need to express our love to God with all our emotions. Now, third. We ought to love God with all our minds. Now, this deals with our intellect, our understanding, the way we think. What do we think? What, what's on our mind? The Bible has a mind and our thoughts. In Romans 12, 2, we are to let God change the way we think. We are to fix our thoughts on what is true and excellent. Philippians 4 and verse number 8. We are to take captivity of every thought. And, and for some folks, Taking our thoughts, man, is going to take a while. Uh, and, and am I talking to somebody out there other than me? We need to fix our thoughts. Philippians 4.8, we need to fix our thoughts on what is true and, and what is excellent. And, and we are to take captive every thought. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we are to take captive every thought and make it obedient uh, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We express our love to God uh, with how we think. And before we wrap this section up uh, on expressing our love to God, I want to mention one more. We love God with our obedience. My, my friends, we love God with our obedience. Jesus said in John fourteen fifteen, if you love me or obey my commandments. And so the way we express our love to God is simply to do what he says. By obeying him, we are demonstrating what we trust him, or that we trust him, and we love him. This is why it's important to say and stay in God's word. 
because it's in God's word where God gives us instructions for our lives. And as we obey them, we are demonstrating our commitment and love to him. The gospel is not just hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. The gospel is not just that. And I know preachers, you know, you, you, you do that all the time. But the gospel is how to live. The gospel expresses throughout the Bible how to live. So we need to express our love to God by obeying what he uh, has commanded and has as he as he tells us uh, as he tells us to so let's get back first we talked about the relationship god's relationship with you then we talked about uh, your relationship with god now let's talk about your relationship with others god wants again a loving relationship with his children you and you and me and he wants a loving relationship in reciprocation. Because of that love relationship between God and you, it will affect the next aspect of your relationship, and that is your relationship with others. When you understand you are loved by God and you are growing in your love for him, it will invariably impact how you love others. I guarantee it. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. Uh, when he says, love your neighbor as yourself, your neighbor can range from the person across the street, across the room, across the world, across the street. He can be anybody. But first, love your neighbor prayerfully. Love your neighbor prayerfully. Love your neighbor even if they're mean to you. And for some of us, that's kind of hard. But Jesus said, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. But in that way, you will be acting as true children uh, of your Father in heaven. So you need to pray for your neighbor, but especially those people who are in your life that you know don't like you, they hate you. They wish to see you get hit by a bus. You know, they clash with you all the time. Those are the people. Jesus is saying, love your neighbor authentically. Romans twelve nine says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tight to what's good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Ask God to give you a genuine affection for the people in your life. And find a way to delight and honor each other. Honor the people in your life, my friend. Honor the people in your life. It won't hurt you. Find joy in being able to lift, uh, lift them up, give them a helping hand. And then number three, love your neighbor graciously. Ephesians 4.2 says always be humble. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Wow. I tell you, anybody out there other than me has a problem with patience? All right. Be patient with each other. Making allowance, making allowance each other's faults because of your love. Now, everybody in your life has rough edges. Everybody in your life has rough, have rough patches. Everybody in your life, you know, they have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. They're going to say things uh, that are going to, you know, touch that sensitive nerve. Uh, it's going it, it, to, they're going to touch that 
you know, that little corn on your foot, on your big toe. They're going to offend you. They're going to hurt you. They're going to annoy you. But because you love them, you're going to be patient with them. You're going to make allowances for their uh, inadequacy, their faults. You're not going to demand perfection. You're not going to let them get to your last nerve. You're not going to be unrealistic in your expectations of people. You are going to be gracious toward them. And so this brings me uh, to number four. Not only uh, to others, but you must relate from others. Relationships are a give and take. Relationships are a two-way street. We're told in 1 Thessalonians 3.12, may the Lord make uh, your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. How is other relationship with you going? I mean, again, there's a give and take when it comes to love. There's a give and take. Now, I love you and you love me. It's, it, it's, it's one thing to love people, but it's another thing to receive love from people. Some of us don't know how to receive love from others very well. We don't know how to, 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 to allow the, to open up our arms uh, from other people who are trying to show us love. But sometimes love comes in the form of a blessing. It comes in the form of a, a, an assistance, uh, advice, or counseling, or, or even a service. Sometimes that love comes in the form of a rebuke. Yeah, it does. Uh, it comes in the form of admonishment. It comes in the form of correction. For whatever form that love comes in, we, you and I, you and me, this lesson is for me and you, so I'm not just saying you, I'm just saying us. Whatever form that love comes in, we need to be able to recognize it and receive it. There are people in our life expressing love to us. The only way they know how, receive it. Amen? And then, what do we have so far? We have our relationship with God. We have God relating to you and you relating to God or us relating to God. And then we have our relationship with others and you and me relating to them and them relating to us. But the last area of relationship connection is your relationship with yourself. Your relationship with you, too, says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this doesn't mean being selfish, but it does mean you respect yourself and you see yourself as valuable and significant. You are a creation of God. You are God's best and God's blessed. And God has a plan and a purpose your life and for mine. So you care about your own physical health, emotional, mental development, along with your spiritual health, your spiritual growth. So take better, I'm sorry, but the better you take care of yourself, now I hope you got that. At Genesis, uh, we, beginning at Genesis through Revelation, we know that this has opened up windows of opportunity. We know that these connections are something that we're all dealing with 
at some time or another, or even right now. But tonight I want you to learn something. I want you to grow from all this. I want you to grow. I want you to understand that these relationships, God has a relationship with you. Work it out. Your relationship with God, work it out. Your relationship with others, work it out. Others' relationship with you, work it out. And your relationship with you, work it out. Work it out. Work it out. I hope this lesson helped someone tonight. If it did, then just say amen. Uh, I hope just and pray that you will uh, work on your relationship connections with uh, your neighbor, with your spouse, uh, with your brothers and sisters, your friends, your coworkers. Work on those relationships. And I'm sure that whatever you do, and make sure that God's word in your life, then you can also reconnect your life back to God. Stay in God's grip. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. That is why we come to this house There is nothing better to do So we're gonna cut loose and sing for you We're gonna harmonize and we're gonna shout We're gonna sing, yeah Gonna tell you what you're living so far I'm gonna tell you
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a question from my social media platform called Shout It Out, and we want to pose this question to my co-host, Clay Phillips, who serves with the Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia. We also want to encourage our listeners to go to that group on Facebook and get involved in those biblical discussions. Brother Clay, how are you doing this evening? Moms, my friend, how about yourself? I'm doing just fine. Now, we have a doozy of a question for you on the program today. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. Now, this question comes from an anonymous queries from the state of South Carolina. And the question is, now, let me give you the scripture reference first. The scripture reference that this question is taken from is Exodus 31, verses 13 through 17, and Acts chapter 20, verse 7. And here's the question. Is Sunday the Sabbath day for Christians today, since everyone goes to church on Sunday. What say you to this question? Thank you, Steve. Uh, very legitimate question that need to be answered because we have uh, confusion in our society, Sabbatarians, and we have those that uh, believe we ought to worship on Sunday. And I think this question is a very legitimate question that I pray that God give me the strength and the wisdom to be able to deal with this question in a special way to help uh, us as we strive to be pleasing in his sight. Now, let me read the scripture with some uh, ex- exposition um, to save some time uh, in trying to answer the question because I don't have but about 20 minutes. So now, l- listen and turn with me now to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31, and uh, I'm going to start reading at verse number 12. Exodus chapter 31 and the verses number 12. And let us see what the Bible says there, if you will. Exodus chapter 31, verse number 12. Now understand, the question is asking, uh, is Sunday the Sabbath day for Christian today? Since everyone is going to church on Sunday. Now let me just clear this up. You can't go to church. We are the church. The church is the members in particular, okay? Now, is the Sunday the Sabbath day for Christians? Let's look at Exodus 31, verse 12. The Bible says, remember now, this is the Old Testament scripture. It says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbath ye shall keep. Now, understand, look at the... Uh, personality in the text. Know what it says. Verily, verily, should have been truly, my Sabbath ye shall keep. So this is personalized. God is talking to the children of Israel and Moses. He says, for it is a sign, notice now, between me and you <laughs> throughout your generation that ye may know that I am the Lord thy God that sanctifies you. The word sanctify here etymologically means set apart. So God wanted Israel to be set apart from all other nations because he did not want them to impregnate them with their idolatry. So now notice in verse 14, he says, you shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, now he's talking to 
Israel, he's telling Moses to talk to his people. He's not, he not talking to the Gentiles all around the world. He's talking to the Jews who we call. So he says, you shall keep the Sabbath day, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Not everybody else. Come here, come here. Not everybody else is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. Let me say this while I'm going this way, that there are no generation today, no group of people are keeping the Sabbath as God said it here. So while you're going there, you need to understand. Because it says if you defile it, you should be put to death. For whosoever does any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from amongst the people. So understanding now, so how can you worship on Saturday when you said no work? The word worship, etymologically means come from the word work on a ship. <laughs> so how can you work here? So it's telling us that he's telling Moses, Moses, I want you to tell Israel this covenant is between you and I. Notice verse number six, verse 15 of it. Six days may thy work be done, but in the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest, holy to the Lord. Notice what it says. Whosoever, therefore, do any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel, not the Gentiles, but the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generation for a perpetual covenant. The covenant was between God, Moses, and Israel. Notice in verse 17, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth. And on the seventh day, he rest and was refreshed. Now, let me, let me help you out. Let me look at this thing. Now, there's a lot of scripture, but I'm not going to be able to read them all. I'm just going to have to give them to you, and then you can read them on your own. What we need to understand is that um, Christ, come here, Christ is our Sabbath. Christ is our rest. I'm going to show you that in the Bible. It's in the Bible. I need some Bible readers. Quit listening to everybody else and read your Bible. Let the Bible speak to you. Okay? I'm, I'm going to show it to you. Now, understand this. Go with me now. In Genesis chapter 2, in Genesis chapter 2, you remember now, uh, let me ask you a question. Did God command Adam and Eve to rest on the Sabbath day? Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does the Bible say that Adam and Eve had to rest on the Sabbath day. There is no on the seventh day. Nowhere in the Bible. Now, in Genesis chapter two, the Bible says God rested. The word etymologically comes from the Greek word uh, refreshing, to refresh one or to take a breath. So God is using figuratively language and helping his readers understand. As Moses penned this, he's using figurative language that Israel can understand. Now watch this. Listen. 
Now, so when you look, God rested, meaning that there's nothing, listen, there's nothing else to be done. So God said, on the sixth day, from the first day to the sixth day, I'm finished. There's nothing else to be done. So when the Bible is saying God rested, he's saying there's nothing else to be done. His work was complete. To it. And so now he rested and he's and he looking and he and in the in the logical study, a exegetical study rather, uh, he give us to enjoy the fruit of the hard work that you've done. More, it is a mind of completeness. So when you say God rested, God rest is a completeness of rest. Now notice now when you go back to Genesis chapter one. And instead of verse 1 through verse uh, number 31, you will notice now the first six days, let me explain something about the first six days. The first six days of creation, this is, this is imperative for you to understand, is that there is uh, an evening and a morning. On the first day, there's an evening and a morning. So uh, evening and a morning. So there was an evening and a morning on the first day. There was the evening and the morning on the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth day. There was the evening and the morning. Now turn to, now turn with me now. Everybody get the Bible. Turn to uh, Genesis chapter two. Let me say yes, Genesis chapter two. Because now when you look at Genesis chapter two, uh, and you look at verse number two and three, it says, "Now notice now this is when now this is the seventh day. When you read the Bible, this is the seventh day. All right, the seventh day." Now, the sixth day, uh, evening and morning. The fifth day, evening and morning. All from first day to the sixth day, evening and morning. But you notice there is no evening and morning on the seventh day? Notice what it says here. Thus the heavens and the earth was finished, <laughs> complete, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rests on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. Now notice in verse number three, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, set it apart, because that it is uh, in it he had rest from all his work which he had created. Okay? Now notice now the first Day, evening, morning. Second day, evening, morning. We do not have an evening and morning on the seventh day. Why? Because technically, when you read the Bible, we are still in the seventh day. <laughs> Let the Bible speak, Brother Clay. We are still in the seventh day. What you mean by that? For we are living in God's rest now. God rested. Everything God did, God created the earth, and he rests on the seventh day. In other words, he was refreshed, he completed it before man sinned. And so God, it was in the mind of God that man was going to sin. He knew man was going to sin. And so we live in now in the rest of God. Now let me explain something to you. Let's, let's get something. So what is the Sabbath day? The Sabbath day of God, rest is still going on every day. 
Let the Bible speak, brother. Cause I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help you. The Sabbath day is still going on in God's rest now. Why? Because Jesus Christ is our rest. And I'm gonna let me show you. Turn to Romans. Let, let me show you. I better go on and read this one because this is uh, one of these in scripture because there's so much I want to talk about. Romans chapter 14. Everybody turn the Bible now to Romans chapter 14. And I'm going to begin reading at verse number 5. Romans 14, verse 5. Know what the Bible says. Now, this is the New Testament. One man esteemed one day above another. So now here Paul is addressing the Jews because they're the one refused to obey God's word when Jesus Christ, they're the one that rejected him. So he he explaining to them about their rest. He says, one by their Sabbath. He says, one man esteemed one day above another. Another esteemed every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Complete. Oh, that, look at that thing there. Look at that. Look what about it. No one says here. Uh, he that regarded the day regarded it to the Lord. And he that regarded not the day to the Lord, does he regarded it. He that eateth, and they're talking about he that eateth, and he that don't eat, and all that. Now drop down to verse 10 to save some time. But why does thou judge thy brother, or why does thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of God. So the, John, I mean, the Paul is telling the church of Rome, y'all are arguing about stuff that really you have nothing to do about or do with. He said, know what it says now, for it is written, in verse 11, it is written, as I live, said the Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess of God. Verse 12 says, so then every one of us shall be held accountable to God. Notice in verse 13. Let us not therefore judge one another, but judge rather that no man put a stumbling block in an occasion to his friend. Now notice now, so now how how the liberty of us is that number one, some esteem one day above another. Paul said, listen, I'm straining all this thing out about uh, the Sabbath day. He said, I'm, I'm, I got to deal with this. How do we enter God's rest? How do we enter God's rest? How do we do it? Let me show it to you. Hebrews chapter uh, 4. If I turn the Bible down to Hebrews chapter 4, I'm trying to hear up. I got about 15. Hebrews chapter 4. Let me show you something. In, in verse number 1, Hebrews 4 and 1. I'm trying to give you the background of what's going on here. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. Now, how do we enter God's rest? Okay. Let me, let, let me, let me show it to you. Hebrews 4, verse 1. No verse 6. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. <laughs> there it is. Enter into his rest. In other words, uh, we need to be mindful and careful that we don't remain outside of his rest. Okay? Then it says, any of you should seems to come short of it. In other words, you can come short of the rest of God. You are the salvation of God, or the promise of God. Don't you become short of the promise of God. Worrying about the Old Testament 
Sabbath. How do you know that? Notice in verse number two. It says, for unto us was the gospel preached. So how do we come into the rest of God? By the gospel of Jesus Christ. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ bring us into God's rest. Sabbath. Remember him. Let me read a little further. As well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. In other words, the Jews and, the, and Israel did not, listen, Israel did not accept Jesus Christ coming. They did not accept that Jesus Christ was coming. Let me read it further. Watch this. Says. I'm going to read verse 2 again. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith to them that heard it. Then it goes and says, for we which have believed do enter, <laughs> booyah, enter his rest. How do we enter the rest? By hearing the word of God. <laughs> as he said, as I live, swore in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works was finished from the foundation of the world. So, so here, the Apostle Paul said, uh, not Apostle Paul, uh, the Hebrew writer, we don't know who the Hebrew writer is, but the Hebrew writer said, listen, before sin came, God had finished, completed everything but his rest, because he rested, meaning that he took a breath, he breathed, he took time. Notice the verse four, for he speaketh in a sudden place on the seventh day on this wise. And God, then, then the Hebrew writer says, and God did rest seven on the seventh day from all his works. Notice in verse 5. And, now notice in verse 5. And in this place, if they shall enter into my rest. So here, we, you, the way you enter into the rest of God is by the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You, got, you have to believe the gospel. Because when Jesus was on the cross, y'all know what he said? About the old and new, he came to the New Testament, he said the old, everything finished. He said, it is finished, talking about the old law, the Old Testament. Notice now in verse number six. Y'all come here, come here, come here. Call everybody up and tell them, hey, listen, listen to Brother Philip. Notice in verse number six. Sin, therefore, it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached enter not in because of unbelief. Uh, you go to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Uh, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. And there are people now that still will not accept the New Testament teaching and doctrine. Hello? Notice in verse number 17. Again, he, he limited a certain day saying to David, today, now notice now, today, today, <laughs> listen now, listen, catch this, today, after so long a time, as it is saying, come here, today, if you will hear his voice, 
harden not your heart. That's what the Sabbath is. The rest of God to hear God's voice, to harden not your heart, to hear and to believe the gospel, the death, the burial, and the return of Jesus Christ. How do you know? Verse 8 says, and if Jesus had given them rest, <laughs> then would he have not afterward have spoken of another day. There's going to come another day. So Jesus, understand this. Notice in verse 11, say the time. Done in verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Let any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Then he talked about the word of God. Because the word of God is power. In other words, from day one to day six, God demonstrated his power. Come here, come here. From day one to day six, God demonstrated his power. So the apostle Paul, I mean, the Hebrew writer, is telling us in the book of Hebrews, notice now what he says here. And this is, this is what he says. He says in verse 11, I'm going to read 11 again. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into his rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. In the word like Adam and Eve. Amen? Then verse number 12. Remind us how powerful God is. <laughs> I love it. He reminded us how powerful God is. On the day one to day six, know what the Bible says. And the word of God is quick <laughs> and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing of the son of the soul and the spirit and of the joint and the marrow of the bone. Discerning you know, the thoughts and the intent of the heart, neither is there any creature whoo, that is not manifest in his sight. Because you remember when Adam and Eve sinned, they hid from him. <laughs> come here, come here. When Adam and Eve sinned, they hid from him. They hid from God. But all things are naked. It's it giving us. Listen, Adam, I know you hiding from me, Eve, I know y'all hiding, but everything is naked and open unto the eyes of him that whom we have to do. So understand now, understand, understand. So who God is talking to in Exodus 31, 13 through 17, he's talking to the children of Israel that they're coming. Now, turn to uh, chapter 9 of Hebrews. Chapter 9 of Hebrews and the verse, I'm going to read verse 15. I, don't read it, I can't read all of it, but verse 15. Notice in verse 15 of Hebrews chapter 9, and the Bible says, and for this call, he is a mediator, talking about Christ, he is a mediator of a new covenant or new testament that by means of death, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, by the means of death, for the redemption of the transgression that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. That's God knew. Hello? So we are living under new covenant. Now, now, let me show you something. Turn to, uh, I got 10 minutes here. Turn to uh, Jeremiah. Everybody back up now to Jeremiah chapter 31. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 31. And I want to Look at verse 31. Jeremiah 31, 31. Let's, let's go to Jeremiah 31 and the verses number 31. And this, this, let me show you something here. 
Uh, all right, listen. The Bible says, notice what the Bible says. Behold, the days come, said the Lord, and I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with them of their father in the day when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was a husband unto them, said the Lord. God said, now, they broke my covenant. Hello? And, 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 and the new covenant is going to be an everlasting covenant. How do you know that? Because let's, let's, let's go back to the New Testament. Because i got to go back and forth here. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20. Oh, my goodness. Hebrews 13 and 20. i got to show you this, and then we're going to move on. Notice verse number 20. Now the God of peace. <laughs> God have peace. Why? Because Jesus died, buried, and rose. We got peace with God. See, everybody, where were you about the Sabbath? Because we got peace with God. We, we, we are esteemed. One man esteemed one day above another. Some esteemed every day alike. God said, let it on. Leave it on. Look at verse number 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> let the Bible speak, Brother Clayton. That great shepherd of the sheep, though uh, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. We are looking for an everlasting covenant. Where about no, no little Sabbath on this earth? Because I'm going to show you that how, how the, from, they ask the question from how did we go from the Sabbath to Sunday? Now, let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me help you out. 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 How do we go from the Sabbath? To son, how what what happened there? Now you remember, you remember um, Jesus was persecuted by the Pharisees and Sadducees about him working on the Sabbath day. Jesus did the work on the Sabbath day. <laughs> Y'all better hear this. Jesus did some work on the Sabbath day, and and the Bible says, and in, in turn to Matthew, I mean John chapter five. Come here, come here, John chapter five. Read verse one through seventeen, but I'm gonna drop down to verse seventeen. Uh, to save them time. John chapter 5. Now remember, they were upset because the disciples were walking through a cornfield. Yes, they did. And they poked and plucked the corn and began to eat. And they say, Jesus, how in the world you call yourself uh, uh, the Messiah? And your disciples are working on a Sunday. Look, look, on Saturday, brother. Notice what the Bible says. They were, they were upset. Not upset. They were upset. They were mad at Jesus. And the Bible said, Jesus said to them, but Jesus answered them, verse 17, read verse 1 through 17 on your own. Jesus answered them, my father worketh. <laughs> God is working. <laughs> what do you mean God working? Uh, he, 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 sunshine, moon working. Everything working. Why? Because man sinned. God is working to bring us back to him. If God is working, notice what the Bible says. Now, notice what Jesus said. My father worketh hitherto. My dad can work. <laughs> I can work. <laughs> Look what Jesus said. If my daddy, y'all hooked on the wrong thing. Y'all worried about the wrong thing. If my daddy can work, I know I can work. 
Because uh, Jesus, come here, Jesus is the reality of the Sabbath. Come here, come here. Jesus is the reality of the Sabbath. We don't have righteousness until Jesus came. In other words, I don't care how many Sabbaths you have, you cannot save yourself. That's why every year they had to use a lamb or some and, and roll this sin forward. But when Jesus came, y'all better hear this. Jesus came. I got to hear up. Man, my time is, is flying by fast. So Sunday is uh, the day Christ rose. You want to know why we worship on Sunday? Because Sunday is the day Christ rose. The Sabbath has always been fulfilled in Jesus. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the old law. I came to fulfill it. In other words, I am the answer. Because remember now, in, in Galatians chapter 3, the Bible teaches us that the, the, the Sabbath was not given by law into the Ten Commandments until uh, 400. Listen, listen, come here. I don't have time to read that, uh, but read on your own. 450 years before God commanded man to observe the Sabbath. <laughs> so now, now we have, uh, listen now, it's weird, uh, that Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. He is the one that we, uh, he conquered. We conquered through him. Now, let me wrap it up. Okay, let me say this. Jesus is not a part of the Leviticus priesthood. Hello? Come here. See, when Jesus came on the scene, he's not a part of the Leviticus priesthood. Why he not? Because he is like Melchizedek. Y'all didn't know about Melchizedek. He just popped on the scene and left. He just popped on the scene and said some things out. That's why the Bible says he has no respect in person. Uh, so, when, so how do I... But worship God. I'm crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live, yet not Christ living us. That's what the Bible says in my conclusion. That's what the Bible says in Colossians chapter, Colossians chapter 2. Let me, let, me, let me show you that. Colossians chapter 2. Everybody turn the Bible now to Colossians chapter 2. I, I got to show you this. Colossians chapter 2, and the verse is, let me see here. Let's, let, let's start. I, I want to read a lot, but I can't. I'm going to go read verse 16 and 17, okay? Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Know what it says. Come here. Come here. This is the Bible. Let no man therefore judge you in meat. Come here. Or in drink. Or in respect of holy days. Or of the new moon. Or the Sabbath days. <laughs> Notice verse 17. Which are a shadow of things to come. Notice now I'm, I'm nailing to head right here. But the body is of Christ. That's why we go from Saturday to Sunday. Not because the Sabbath don't become Sunday. We're not saying we worship God on the Saturday, Sunday. The Saturday, Sunday is not the Sabbath. Saturday is the Sabbath. We worship on Sunday. Because Early one morning, Jesus Christ got up out the grave, and that's why we worship Him on uh, on Sunday. Why? Because the Bible says upon the first day of the week, the disciples came together. That's when the pop on the day of Pentecost. If you study things carefully, it was on the first day 
the week. And that's why we worship on the first day. I'm going to speak up. But the clay folks, remember this. Keep it real. Shout it out question. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. It ain't easy. No. Sometimes it gets hard down here, Lord. Sometimes it gets rough. So rough, so rough. Sometimes it gets tough for me. Has anybody been lonely? All by yourself Has anybody been sad Broken hearted and sad Have you even been dead You had to cry all night long I know it's hard but what you need to do
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. This is a program reminder. Stevie B Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. The telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. On Tuesday evening, I'm hosting a live show, What a Word from the Lord radio show. And this show will air every second, third, and fourth Tuesday of the month. The second Tuesday of the month, the show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And the second Tuesday of the month, we'll have a guest speaker of the from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be making the proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And also during that show, we'll have a community corner segment, and that segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. I also have two co-hosts on that show, Lou Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Overlook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Isa Mullins, he serves with the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. Then on the third Tuesday of the month, that show will air at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And my co-host, Dr. Antherica Lane, she's a board-certified obstetricianist and gynecologist. She serves with the Gray Road Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio, and she'll be hosting her show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And then on the fourth Tuesday of the month, that show will air at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And my co-host is Kelly Fletcher. She serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. And she'll be hosting her show, The Kelly Fletcher Show. Then on Thursday evening, each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, The Gospel Light Radio Show. And there are eight co-hosts on this show. Clay Phillips, Dr. Frank Washington, Steve Cotto, Robert Lee Johnson, Glenn McMillian, Brian Christian Coleman, Stanley Hubbard, and Yusuf Al Ford. And these brethren will be presenting lessons from the Word of God. And each week I have two co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out. So I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show as well. Then on Friday night, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B. Acapella Gospel Music Blast. And this radio show is the 2022 recipient for the Nakama National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award for Outstanding Achievement in Record All Radio. And that show will air at 9 p.m. from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on this radio show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, Sweet Sounds of Voices, and we're also interviewing artists, producers, comedians, and writers, etc. And we'll be debuting new music and featuring old music on that broadcast as well. And every third Friday of the month, I do my Top 20 Countdown show, and we also have on-demand episodes, and there are just a variety of musical platforms that you can go to and listen to these shows. Go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple, iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. And there are also recorded version shows as well. We're debuting uh, debut albums mostly on those particular shows. And I use the same playlist that I used on Blog Talk Radio. And those shows can only be heard on iHeartRadio, Deezer, and also on Amazon Music. Just search for Stevie B Media Production Recorded Version Shows. 
And we also want to thank our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. And if you would like to become a sponsor, just contact our sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco. She's uh, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, want to edify, and want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And this will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. My co-host, Yusuf Al Ford, is up next. Stay tuned for the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. All right, you worshipers. Time to forget about all the trouble the devil's brought in our life. Give it over to God. Yeah. I want you to know right now, this time. We gotta give him praise. Let everybody worship. Come on. Let's worship. Oh, come on, saints. He's worthy. Everything, everything, all the pain, all the pain, all the pain, Troubles come, just hold up some changes. You might have fought some trials. You might have fought some tribulations here this morning. You might be a little weary, but I came to tell you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Yusuf Al Ford. Thank you for that warm introduction, Stevie B, and for allowing me to share a word or two with your listeners. I hope everyone is in a good mental space and relaxed this evening, maybe You just put the kids to bed or you're winding down for the evening or perhaps you will be headed into work shortly. Maybe you're already there listening to this broadcast. Uh, Whatever the case, thank you for staying tuned 
to the Gospel Light Show. To share a quote with you, a young teenage female wrote, How wonderful it is that no one need wait a single moment before starting to improve the world. And Frank, let's all work together and begin to make the world a better place to live. The title of our conversation tonight is The River Knows. Someone asked me a long time ago, why am I not being blessed? That's a very bold and honest question to ask a preacher or anyone for that matter. Um, so I want to talk about that tonight. Grab a cup of coffee or, or a warm beverage or cold and let's dive in. It's my prayer that God will bless you and continue to bless you in whatever you pursue. When reflecting um, on blessings and life, I always think about David for some reason in Psalms 23, where he said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And if God blessed David in that manner, why should we not be blessed in the same way? When we talk about blessings, um, though, it's sort of subjective. So the things that I'm going to share with you tonight are from my perspective. I believe that we, we are already blessed just living in this country. But just for sake of argument, when those blessings begin to stop or become minimal, this dilemma to me is referred to as a blessing blocker. What are blessing blockers? So we'll we'll talk about that too. But of course, again, all this is subjective. As when I was younger, growing up in the church, and I want to share some of that with you as well. Um, I experienced a lot of hardships, and I was homeless, but my life was still blessed. I've always been blessed. And when my children were growing up, uh, they're now adults. I would often hear them say when they were younger, I wish I was blessed. I wish I had. We we never get blessed, even though my wife and I provided everything they needed. We lived in a great house in a great neighborhood. They had nice clothing. They never went to bed hungry unless they chose to do so. On occasion, we would send them to bed without food because that was it was a behavior issue. But for the most part, they always had everything that they needed. So when they would say, make statements like, I want to be rich one day, we never get blessed. I would ask myself, what in the world are they talking about? They wanted toys and we they had lots of toys. They wanted the best. They wanted brand name, uh, brand name shoes. They wanted brand name clothing. They wanted cars as they began to get older. They wanted money. And as my daughter Corell says, and I use that that quote quite often, talking about some we aren't blessed. I'm like, what? So fast forward that now they have toys, they have bread names, they have cars, they have money, and sometimes it seems like they still uh, are under the impression that they're not being blessed, and and they are, and I think for the most part they they know that now, but there are people like that that. Um, or under the spell that nothing is right unless everything is wrong. So I incorporate a lot of scriptures in my conversations or in my sermons, and I'd like to do that tonight in this broadcast so that you can go back, and Stephen is 
crew makes it available with these broadcasts available so you can go back and listen to them again and again and I hope you will do that uh, if you're not keeping notes or taking notes you can go back and listen to this uh, to this lesson and the purpose is to bring us into center to, to balance our thinking sometimes we can't see clearly and unless someone fans the smoke from our eyes and that's kind of what I hope to do tonight some of the passages that we'll read from are Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 Ephesians chapter 3:19 and 20 Philippians 4:19 Matthew 6:31 and following 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 and, and several others but let's start with uh, first or Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 all these scriptures are are amazing passages to me I often refer to these in my thinking when I'm processing Again, to bring me back to center, and I hope it helps you as well. When I'm feeling blue, when I'm unhappy, sometimes the scriptures shake me up. Again, fanning the smoke so I can see where I am in life and where, you know, just what God is doing for me. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, the apostle says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Several things here. God has given us all. We have, as members of the church, as disciples, all spiritual blessings. Let that sit in. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We sit in heavenly places tonight. And God has given us all the spiritual blessings. And there are many to name uh, a few. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> when talking about what the Holy Spirit would do in the apostles' life, St. John 16, 13, 14, 24, I believe, he said he would bring all things to your remembrance. And that certainly has been the case when you study or you hear sermons or have conversations the Holy Spirit's job is to bring that information back to your mind. And what a blessing that is because sometimes we forget and we have to be reminded. And the Holy Spirit's job is when we're in those tight spots or we're having a bad day or we can't think on our feet, can't remember information, he brings that information back to our mind. And he's with us all of our life to comfort us and to teach us and guide us. And that's a blessing. That's blessing number one. You sit in heavenly places tonight. You sit in heavenly places. And there are there are seven point, I believe, eight billion people in this world. And of all the eight billion, probably eight billion by now, only a few of those individuals will sit in heavenly places. When you think about the numbers, and you are one of them. Blessing number one. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. Here's, a ni here's another powerful passage. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. To know Christ's love, to be a part of Christ's love, to have Christ's love. That is huge. That is huge. And further, which pat passeth knowledge. The knowledge that God gives us of him, the knowledge that God gives us of Christ and the relationship, you cannot get this knowledge in college. You can't get it at Yale. 
You can't go to Harvard or Cambridge to get the understanding that God gives us. It gives He gives us gives us this knowledge through His Spirit, and it sort of reminds me of when Solomon offered up the many sacrifices when he built the temple, and the Lord came to him at night and asked him, "What well, what is it you want?" Solomon said, "I the what I need." is that you teach me and instruct me and put wisdom and understanding in my heart to lead your people. And God said, for this, I'm not only going to give you that knowledge and make you the wisest person on earth, but I'm going to make you the richest person on earth. And so that's sort of what has happened to us. The information and knowledge that God has taught us is beyond college. It's beyond man's teaching. And I've studied a lot of religions as a minister and as a disciple. I have to study religions to understand just where we sit as Christians. And, and for example, Hinduism is 4,000 years old, probably one of the oldest religions uh, known. And they're still finding artifacts that date back that far. Um, Buddhism, 2,500 years old. Islam, 1,400 years old. And we sit... You know, we sit back there pretty far as well, about two, 2,500 years, I guess, or so. And of all those religions, and there are a lot of good components to those religions, but Christianity checks all the boxes. The things that God is looking for in those religions, there are a lot of good components. And I'm not criticizing people that practice those religions. You can practice what you wish. All I'm saying is for me, Christianity checks all of all of those boxes in the things that God is looking for in his people. And so all of this knowledge comes through as Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ and gives us that knowledge. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19. And to know the love of Christ, again, which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. His love is just beyond measure. And that's just blessing number two. Philippians chapter four, verse 19. This is a, this is a very powerful passage and one near and dear to me because I can, I can, I can testify to this. Ephesians four, I'm sorry, Philippians four, verse 19. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He certainly has done that for me. Since the time of uh, coming into the congregation, to the church at 16 till present day, there has not been very much that I can. There's some things I've wanted, but there's not been anything I've needed. <laughs> he, he has given me everything. I'm telling you tonight, every single thing that I've needed he has provided. Amen. And maybe someone out there that can, can say amen to that, testify to that tonight and tell someone else about it because God has been there for me. He has supplied all of my need, all of my needs according to, and my children's for that, for that matter. God is amazing. He's powerful. He's amazing. And I love him. That's blessing number three. Blessing number four, Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Now to him that is able 
to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that work within us. Now, think about this for a minute. And, you know, that's why I don't limit God in my prayer. I, I When I pray to God, I I'm not very specific at most times. And the reason why is because I've learned that God will give you what you ask for. So if I'm just sort of generic, I'll put it out there in a generic way then God is able to be creative and he paints with many brushes and he can paint this wonderful portrait in our life. He can put us in this scheme that's just wonderful if you allow him to work. But if you're very specific, he will give you what you need. And I'm glad Solomon asked the question because it's the things that are written aforetime were written for our learning. He just asked God, made it a general statement, teach me. Give me wisdom. And God said, oh, okay, because you didn't ask for the the lives of your enemies or you didn't ask for a long life. I'm going to paint. (laughs) And God painted. And look at Solomon's life. So we can follow that example. and, And again, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or think. So put it in his hands. Lord, however you want to bless me. This is what I need, but whatever you feel I need, please help. (laughs) Leave it like that. And he'll do abundantly above what you ask. Matthew 6.31, Jesus talking to the disciples said, therefore take no thought. Don't even think about it. Saying, what shall we eat? Hmm. What shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we get clothes? He said, for all these things your father knoweth. He said, for after all these things, I'm sorry, do the Gentiles seek for your father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He's always watching. He sees. He knows what we need. And therefore, I don't, I've never asked. I've never had to in all these years. I don't even think about it. Never even comes to mind. And that's blessing number five. Let me give you one more. First Peter chapter one, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here it is. To an inheritance. You have an inheritance. Incorruptible. It doesn't abolish. It doesn't dissolve. It's not uh, weird. (laughs) It's not corruptible and undefiled and fadeth not away. It doesn't go anywhere. Reserve. You You have a reservation in heaven. You have a place in heaven. You have things prepared for you in heaven. For you who are kept by the power of God, even tonight, through faith, and to salvation, ready to be revealed at the last at the last time. There's a whole lot there. That's a that's another hour conversation with all of that. We don't have that type of time, but isn't that amazing as well? So you have all of these things, my friends. You know, you have so many blessings um, that we can count. You know, we we mentioned. Uh, the blessing of 
God's spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And we talked about God supplying all of our needs. We talked about God being able to do abundantly, exceeding abundantly above what we even ask or think about. We have the blessing of not even having to ask God for the needs that we have because he's already aware of them. And then we have so many blessings waiting for us in heaven that half has not been told. We don't even know how many blessings. So this idea of not being blessed is just foreign to me. It's just sort of bizarre. And pardon my, pardon my expression. I mean, it's just that just doesn't add up. And so if you're still thinking tonight, brother Yusuf, I, I, I understand. I hear what you're saying, but I, I wish God would bless my life. Well, let me tell you something. I think there's something far deeper going on. You have some deep concerns that you need to sit down with someone and talk about because you need to identify what those problems are. What's causing those? What's causing you to feel that way? And perhaps what it's, what's getting in the way of the blessings that you feel like. And we're all entitled to these blessings. Not that we're entitled, but because we're God's children, he, he gives us these blessings. He said he's going to make sure that we have these blessings. So maybe we can shed some light on these issues and get down to sort of find out what's going on that's causing um, you to have these blessing blockers. Now, remember, all this stuff is all this is subjective, like I said to me. And maybe you don't feel the same way, but there may be some things going on that we can talk about tonight to help resolve the issues. So let me ask you a few questions. Number one, are you living a life outside the Lord's will or kingdom? A good example of this is found in St. John 9, 30, St. John 9. I'm not going to read the entire chapter, but. If you have some spare time, read it maybe tonight or tomorrow. There was a man over there that was blind that Jesus uh, was able to heal. And as a result, the Jewish leaders of the synagogue were not happy with this. Jesus was not of that, of the Levitical priesthood. He was actually of the tribe of Judah and all the Levites. Uh, the priests came out of the, the tribe of Levi. So they had a problem with that. Jesus didn't go become a, a rabbi through the normal process, they had a problem with that. He also was doing miracles beyond their belief and their power and their reach. They did, they had a problem with that. And so the people glorified the Lord for opening the eyes of this blind man. And so they had agreed that if anyone confessed that Jesus did this, that they would be put out of the synagogue. So they pulled this man into court and began to interrogate him and began by asking, who did this? Who did this? Who, who opened your eyes? And he said, I don't know who he was. I don't know who this man was, but he opened my eyes. And they asked him, were you born this way? He said, yes. They didn't believe him, so they called his parents in. And, of course, they already knew what was going to happen if they acknowledged that they believe Christ had done this. So they asked, was well, this your son? Yes, this is our son. Was he born blind? Yes, he was born blind. Well, how is he now seen if he was born blind? We don't know. He's of age. You need to ask him. (laughs) 
So again, the, the, the interrogation continued. And he said, listen, I don't know how it is that you don't know this, who this man is, but yet my eyes are open. Never since the creation of the world was ever anything like this done. And then it got down to verse 31 in the chapter where he, where he said, now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. And that's my question to you. Are you a worshiper of God and are you doing his will? Because if not, God is not. If you're operating outside of God's will, unfortunately, that that reference is that is referred to as having a sinful life. And so if you're operating out out, if you're operating that way. Then that's a blessing blocker. And there are so many passages in the Bible that um, you can go to in reference to this statement in St. John 9. For example, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and 2, the prophet said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, neither is ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. David said, went even one step further by saying in Psalm 66 in verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not hear me. The apostle Peter quoting from the prophet said, behold, the, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears open unto their prayers. So if you're not living a righteous life, you might want to get that. Um, deal with that. I'll put it like that. Another question tonight, are you putting Christ first? Jesus, quoting from the book of Deuteronomy, sp spake this to his disciples in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul. And with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. That's the very first commandment. Let me just ask, are you there? Do you love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength? If not, that might be a blessing blocker. Another question, are you asking in prayer, when you ask, make requests or petitions, as we call it, are you asking with 100% faith? There was a preacher years ago, I think his name was Brother McLemore. He used to preach out of Chicago. He had this sermon God wants 100% because 99 won't do. He went through this amazing sermon. I still remember it. I was 18 or 19 years old when I heard that sermon. God wants 100% because 99% won't do. And when you're asking in prayer, are you asking with 100% faith? James chapter 1 verse 6 says, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive, quote unquote, anything from the Lord. 
A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So if a person is double-minded, if a person is shifty here and there, I believe one minute, but the next minute, one day I'm strong in faith, the next day I'm not sure. You're not asking in 100% faith. You have to know it before you ask. You have to believe that it's already been given before you ask. And if you are, if, and it takes practice. You have to be focused in your mind. You have to be focused in your spirit. And when you go to God in prayer, you almost have to coach, coach, coach yourself and practice what it is you're going to request before you. It's almost like going in before, uh, going in for a job interview or going into the bank and asking for a loan or going somewhere that, that, uh, you need someone to help you. You practice before you go in. You go in before a mirror and you sort of stand there and, and go through the motions. This is what I'm going to say when I say, see them and I'm going to present this argument, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of how, how you have to go to God in prayer. You have to know what you're going to say and believe what you're going to say when you go in so that you have 100% faith. The other question is, are you withholding that which is which God is due? Now, this is going to be, this might not strike you the right way, and I apologize in advance. Hopefully, I'm not trying to, to offend anyone. We're just trying to work some things out. Okay, so Malachi chapter three, verse eight, God asked the Israelites a question and then he answered it. It was not a rhetorical question. He said, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? Here it is in tithes and offerings. Are you stealing from him? People say, well, we don't pay tithes anymore. That was under the Old Testament. That's absolutely correct. That has that had to do with Abraham and uh, Melchizedek. That's where it began back in the book of Genesis, and it carried on into the law of Moses, and on into the New Testament where they were required to give ten percent. But when Jesus died on the cross, that law was abolished, and so now we give as we purpose in the heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Necessity for the Lord love of the cheerful giver. Now there is no number. But it's above 10. It's above the 10%. You can give 40. You can give 50. You can give 60. And sometimes giving goes beyond the tray. It goes beyond Sunday. I know people say, well, if you need some financial help, you need to go back to the church because I already gave. (laughs) That's not how it works. That's not how it works. But for argument's sake, okay, let's just, let's just, Continue on uh, with Malachi 3. Are you robbing God? Are you stealing from God? Because if you are, that's a blessing blocker. God told the children of Israel, bring what's mine to the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. That was the Old Testament. And I have found that to be true. Years ago, I had problems giving, and once I was clear about how this thing works, my life has been changed ever since. Somebody said, well, God doesn't need my money. That's true. The bank doesn't need your money either. Chase doesn't need your bank. Huntington doesn't need your bank, your money. You know, the mortgage company doesn't need your money. Fannie Mae doesn't need your money. But what happens if you don't make your payment? 
Right. Repossession. They will come back and get put you out because you didn't honor your agreement. And we agreed to be faithful. We agreed to be honest. We agreed to be loyal. (laughs) You want to be in a relationship with God, but you want to cheat him. That won't work. Well, I don't know where I don't have a congregation. Well, send it Stevie B addressed uh, and in the column when you send it uh, what it's for. And I'm sure that Stevie B will make sure that it gets to a congregation that uh, will will use those funds properly. Otherwise, find somewhere to go so that you can keep your end of it. I'm just saying. Here's another question. Is God your priority? Your first priority, Matthew chapter 6, 33, we read 31. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Is God your your first priority? Well, I'll tell you this. He won't take second chair. He won't be runner up. He's first or not at all. And when you put God first in your life, then God will remember that. And he will bless you. And another problem is sometimes our mind is clouded. We can't see our blessings. We don't know what direction to go because we can't see. Titus 1.15, he said, unto the pure, all things are pure. And so when your mind is clear, your mind is pure, you see how things work. And maybe that's the problem. Here's another question. Do you have the proper motives? Why do you want blessings? Why do you want these blessings beyond what we already have? It's because James chapter 4 speaks to that. James chapter 4 verse 3 says, Ye lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight a war, where? In your mind mostly. Most of our fights come in, come uh, happen in the mind, don't they? You fight a war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. Here it is that you may consume it upon your lust. And I hope that is not the case. What do you want these things for? Why do you want these things? Who is it for? And I've learned that in my life, I am a conduit through which God works, just like the pipes that lead from um, the utility company to your home, the water. It comes from a certain place, a great distance away, runs through the pipes and out the faucet. Well, that's how God uses his people. And I've learned that when God blesses me abundantly, I'm not going to have it very long. And sure enough, because he works through us to bless those who are prayed to him. And that's why it's important to have a good relationship with God. He knows who he can work with. But if going back, if you're one of those people that were caught up in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, and you think like that, he's not going to work through you. But you have a a good relationship with God and you have an open mind and it's not about you, which is the other problem. Is it all about you? Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. Paul gave himself to the Lord. The Lord worked through him. Because his life, his mind, the soul, his body belong to the Lord. Which reminded me of Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
We are living sacrifices that God used. How, how does God use it? He works through the church. He makes known his manifold wisdom through the church. And sometimes a person is praying to God for help, and God will put it on your mind or my mind or someone's mind, help that individual. That's when you know the Holy Spirit's working in your life. That's when you're getting blessed because what they get, you get too. <laughs> so what do I need to do? You need to think about all of this. And if you need to make some changes, do it quickly. I urge you, I urge you to do it quickly. And these are some of the common problems we have from day to day with our life. Now, if you're living a life, if you're doing all these things, if God has blessed you, if you realize that God is first in my life, I'm putting Christ first. I ask with 100% faith. I'm not withholding that which is due. I I make God my first priority. My mind is not clouded and I have the proper motives and it's not about me. Then the river knows. I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. If you're familiar with this city, there's a big river that runs out of Indianapolis. It's called the White River. The, the, the prophet said, all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. So there will be a time when the waters run out of Indianapolis will finally reach the, the Pacific or the Atlantic. Be patient. The blessings will come. Live the way you are supposed to and be patient. The blessings will come. The river knows. God continues to bless you. Have a great week. Have a super week and a great night. Be blessed and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, Stevie B. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Thinking about what you've done for me in my life I just want to say what you really mean to me You're my everything, my joy and peace You're the reason why I sing Lord, I don't deserve anything you've given me So I just gotta say thank you Whoa, what's nice with your love and grace So I just gotta tell you this
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. I want to thank our thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank both of my co-hosts, Dr. Frank Washington and Yusuf Al Ford, for those lessons that they gave on the show. And also my uh, co-host, Clay Phillips, who answered our shout-out question. These gentlemen are very, uh, very knowledgeable in the scriptures. I just love how they their presentations come across to our audience. I'm I'm just so appreciative. You just don't know how blessed you are, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate the lessons um, from all of our co-hosts on this show. They have been putting out some great information from the Word of God. It's important to study God's Word. The Bible says all you're getting, get understanding. That's what it's all about. We need to understand what God is trying to teach us in his word, because once we understand it, then we can apply it the right way in our lives. And I appreciate the effort from my co-host on this show on a weekly basis. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't take any of this for granted. It's just a blessing. It is my prayer that these lessons this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in to this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to the Gospel Light radio show. On behalf of my co-hosts, we really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light radio show. And if you miss me from singing, singing, and you can't find me nowhere, nowhere. come on up to glory. glory. I'll be singing the faith. Yes, I will. And I, I know the Lord, He will greet me over yonder. The glory. glory, I'll be praising the best. Heard a minister say to see other days Bye.
listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.